I'm the Nevada running back James Butler, and you're listening to Pack Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Sports Encyclopedia, Garrett Hirschberg. Basketball kept their first place hopes alive this week, beating Boise and UNLV. Baseball struggled at home against Virginia Tech. And stay tuned for an exclusive interview with two-time Mountain West record holder and last week's Wolfpack Star of the Week, Sheree Zhang. But for now, let's flash back to Wednesday night here at Lawler Event Center where the Pack faced off against Boise State in a do-or-die game, and we came out victorious, 85-77. to Coach Must had this to say after the game. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're playing for first place this late in the season and you understand, you know, that you want to try to own tiebreakers, you know, if we would have lost the game, I, you know, I don't, I don't think, I think our hopes of, of uh, trying to win a regular season would be out the door. After winning this game, we broke that three-way tie we had with Boise and Colorado down to just two, us and Colorado. This was a huge game for the Wolf Pack. Both teams came out ready to play. They both knew it was do or die, and we had the we came out swinging harder. Second time this season that three or more Wolfpack players have scored 20 more point, 20 or more points. Marshall scored 26, Caroline scored 21, and Oliver also scored 21. It seems like with this game, it was a tale of two different halves because Nevada in the first half only scored 33 points, and they came back in the second half scoring 52 points compared to 36 that the Broncos put up in the second half. So I think the uh, halftime really got Coach Must inspired the team to just come out here and dominate. They were down by eight at half, and they had a 16-point turnaround, and I think that this – this win gave a lot of confidence, not only the Wolfpack players, but the Wolfpack fans, looking at that they have a legitimate chance of winning the Mountain West. Both teams played really, really well. There's not a lot of negatives that go into this game. What really came down to who wanted it more and who fought for it harder. Oliver tallied his ninth double-double of the season with 21 points and 11 rebounds. And senior Marcus Marshall set a season high in free throws, going 15 of 16, only missing the first one, which is a huge deal. Marcus Marshall is the one that really brought the momentum back to the Wolfpack after we tied it up, and he hit three uh, three-pointers, three and it switched the momentum when we won that game off that momentum. Yeah, and when you look about it, Nevada got to the Nevada uh, forced Boise to commit 26 fouls, which is 10 more than what the Wolfpack had. And the Wolfpack had amazing success at the free throw line, going 30 of 34 with uh, a success rate of 80, 88%. And look, that's 33 points. That's as many. That's almost as many points as Nevada had in the first half. And you mentioned it about Marshall, 15 to 16. There's a good amount of points. Jordan Caroline, we've seen him struggle at the free throw line, go five of six. We didn't see more than one Wolfpack player. No Wolfpack player missed two free throws or more. Caroline, uh, Caroline missed one. Oliver missed one, and then Fenner and Marshall missed one. But it's it was nice to see the Wolfpack change up the their style of offense, get to the line, get those free points, and then come out with the win and secure the win because Boise had to foul them at the end and. Who are they going to foul? Nevada was hitting their free throws that game, so there's no like real bad option to pass the ball to. Yeah, they were fouling us, and it, it didn't seem like it helped. But that's how we got all those points at the end. 
because they fouled us and they gave us the free points and we took them. It was a lot closer game than 85-77. The, the score does not do the game justice. No, and what we've seen with the past, we've talked about this a lot, is foul trouble. Cam Oliver, only one foul. Uh, Jordan Caroline, two fouls. DJ Fenner did have four, but it's, it's something that we see our emotional players not getting really emotional, like not getting emotional and take bad fouls. Cam Oliver was able to restrain himself, only get one foul. He finished the game. As you mentioned, 21 points. He had five assists, uh, two steals, and two blocks. He, he did everything. We looked extremely well-coached and well-minded during that game. I, we came out really knowing what we had to do to win this game. They, they looked very calm out in the court. Even when the officiating wasn't great and they would get frustrated, they kept their composure and kept the game going. Um and I think this all has to do with Muss's professional demeanor as a coach. He he knows how to convince, how to swing his team to come back from a deficit at halftime. And I think this all just comes with professional experience and success. Talking about success, moving on to Saturday's game against UNLV. I have never seen a more successful game. The end score was ninety-four to fifty-eight in favor of the Wolfpack. We brought back the Battleborn jerseys. We looked fly out there. We had the confidence. We had the power move. It was great. It wasn't, but it, it wasn't really a fair matchup, would you say? No. This Nevada team has been playing for something all year, and that is an NCAA tournament bid. Well, UNLV, they don't really have like season goals. Like they're They've not been gonna, taking it game by game. Yeah. I, I don't see them making any postseason tournaments and it just, it, I honestly I think it might might be a throwaway season for the Rebels yeah with a 3-12 and 12 in conference record it's a throwaway season for UNLV and that's when you look at the record it shows how different these two teams are UNLV is 3-12 and 12 and we're 11-4 and four. it's not a surprise that this game happened but you would think in a rivalry match like this at home for UNLV the home team would come out a little bit more yeah you and it was a much closer game in the one in uh in reno rather than the vegas one where it was an absolute destruction uh UNLV at least put up 77 points in uh the game up here when they couldn't even muster 60 carol yeah. uh jordan caroline and marcus marshall outscored unlv 59 to 58 that stat line just blows my mind that we had two players score more than their entire team. Uh, and what at the beginning of this game, watching it, I thought UNLV had a good chance. They came out strong. They were they had the lead and they kept and we tied it up at 12-12 early, but and then we went on that 7-0 run and the game got out of hand from there, but at the beginning of the game, I wasn't sure how this game was going to go. In the first two, three minutes, I was looking at it like, UNLV could come back. This could co- turn out to be a good game. It was They were only down 15 points in the half. And then you look at after halftime, so halftime they were, they were only down 15 points, and then you come to the end and you get a 94-58 difference. I just think UNLV didn't even show up. Their fans left at halftime. They... The team wasn't inspired to play. Like with rivalry games, you you get hyped up for the games. Maybe that's what it was. Their fans left. They lost their momentum. They lost all the energy in the in the stadium, and it came down. And that's why they couldn't really do anything in the second half. 
Yeah, in a big game, um, they only had they only have fourteen thousand people. That seems a bit too high for that game. Looking looking at the crowd, there weren't that many people there. <laughs> but you look at it, Nevada out rebound got sixteen more rebounds than UNLV. They shot higher percentages. Uh, from the field and three point, and they also committed only four turnovers compared to the ten by UNLV. This Mar- is all. The, you mentioned Marcus Marshall and Jordan Caroline scoring more points than UNLV. This was a huge game for Marcus Marshall. He scored his one hundredth three pointer this season, third time in Mountain West history that someone has done that. The last one being Jimmy Fredette. And we all remember what success Jimmer had at BYU. In those incredible runs uh, to the tournament, but yeah, uh, Marcus Marshall went eight of ten from three pointer, and it's great to see him. He couldn't miss for three. I think like I, we saw this with DJ Fenner, and we heard about it after the the first UNLV game. DJ Fenner couldn't miss. Marcus Marshall shot eighty percent from three. That is incredible. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it was good enough to get in that hundredth. That hundredth uh, three pointer and solidify himself in Mountain West history. Yeah, not to mention he's also the Mountain West leading scorer. And after that game, Mountain West Player of the Week. Fifth time for Nevada. Fifth time for the Nevada. We're the most. We have the most Mountain West Players of the Week in the Mountain West this season. Second to San Jose State, or followed up by San Jose State, who has three. And we happen to be going to see them this evening in San Jose, in San Jose at San Jose State, uh, where we play against the seven and nine in conference uh, SJSU. This is a game that we hope to win. We need to win uh, in order to go over to Col- for in order to host Colorado State here, and that to be as big a game as we expect it to be. Yeah, Nevada comes into this game winners of four straight while. San Jose State comes into this game losing their last two games. Um, the line for this game is only seven points. Uh, we've seen in the past Nevada not really sh- struggle, but like not live up to their full potential in potential in San Jose. So I, I think the game might be a little bit closer. But if Nevada blows them out, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, I mean, a blow would be great. A win would be fantastic. Uh but let's go and talk about this Colorado State game because this is the game that really matters. Both teams are first in the Mountain West, and, and Colorado State comes to Lawler for the real battle of the ages. Let's take a look at the matchup here. Their best player is Emmanuel Amogbo, who is six foot eight and averages 14.3 points and 10.9 rebounds a game. He, I compare him a little bit to Cam Oliver. Who, who would you compare him most to? Um, I would think Jordan Caroline, um, because Jordan, they both shoot roughly the same amount of percentage. They grab the same rebounds. And also, um, watching Mugwell play, he plays a lot like Caroline. So I'm thinking that might be the the real matchup is Mugwell versus Caroline. Uh, yeah. Which could be an issue. Um, Chris Murray from the RGJ, uh, published an article yesterday saying that Jordan Caroline's been struggling with a back injury for the last three weeks. Um, it's limited his time in practice, but hasn't really stopped his performance. I mean, he's coming off a 31-point, 10, and a 10-rebound game against UNLV. Yeah, and when taking a look at this game, 
both teams are going to have a lot of momentum as Nevada, as we mentioned before, has a four-game winning streak going into San Jose. While while uh, Colorado State, they've won six straight. So these are, and they play Wyoming. They played Wyoming last night. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting matchup because both teams have a lot of momentum as it heads to, towards March, towards March Madness. Both teams are trying to get a bid into the tournament, and it will be interesting to see like how the physical play between Carolina and Ogmogbo uh, turns out. Both these teams are really evenly matched. You look at the defensive stats, rebounds per game, they're tied, 38.8 each, but scoring Nevada slightly outscores Colorado State, 79.6 to 72. It's not a, a huge margin for of a difference between the two of us. And the worst part is we haven't played them at all this year. We don't know. We don't have any um, matchups that we've seen already. And it's, it's all going to go down to to film that Nevada scene of uh, Colorado playing other teams. But no th- but no team has been as evenly matched as Nevada and Colorado. I think the key, the X factors for this game, it's going to be DJ Fenner. It's his last game in law where he's played all four years here. He's had an impact. And I think it's just going to be an emotional one. Um, also, with the way DJ Fenner's been playing of late, I don't think anyone can stop him. He's... We saw that dominant performance against UNLV. He had a great game against San Diego, and he's just been he's just been putting up a lot of points recently. And I don't know if Colorado State can stop him. All of our starters have been playing on all cylinders. Cam Oliver's been been consistent in the last month. Jordan Caroline's been consistent. Marcus Marshall, DJ Fenner. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not worried about a player falling off and not performing. It's the it comes down to who's gonna want it more and who's gonna who's gonna put in the work leading up to this game. Yeah, and I think that this is something that come Thursday morning or Thursday morning, it's gonna be spread around campus saying, Come out to the game, support the crowd. I, I'm I'm gonna guess it's gonna be another sold out crowd, ten thousand plus people. Um it's gonna be have that atmosphere that almost was at that might be better than the UNLV game. It's going to be because they already know it's going to come down the winner take all Mountain West Championship. It's going to be. Will we hang the banner or will it go to Colorado State? Exactly. It's going to come down. This game's going to have the same feel as UNLV with the intensity of Boise. I'm extremely excited for it. I hope that everyone comes out and gets to enjoy this game, takes the time out to Saturday. It's a, it's not UNLV was a Wednesday. I'm surprised you had that many people come out on a Wednesday. If you want spectacular game day footage content, check out our Twitter and Snapchat. We will be live there. We'll be doing video tweeting. Check us out on Instagram. Yeah, we'll be. It's definitely going to be a huge game for us too. But enough about basketball for now. Let's move on to baseball. Who has been struggling? They went one and three this week. After I, think, playing, I think struggling is an understatement. <laughs> after playing four games against Virginia Tech, I mean they didn't do terrible. They had three decent games that they just ended up coming coming out on the bottom of. Yeah, or two, two, and then one, one that we'll disaster. get in, we'll get into a la- little bit later soon. So the first game we lost eight to seven. Uh, we could have won that game, 
But it came. We went into the ninth inning, eight and five, uh, down eight to five. Uh, went on a two two uh, scored two runs right after each other, but couldn't put that last one up to go into overtime. So we lost. Then we go into the second game the day after. We won that one seven to four. Uh, freshman Grant Ford threw five innings and got his first collegiate win uh, in his first game at uh, Piccoli Park. Third game we lost, eight to five. It was tied going to the top of the ninth, but pitcher Evan McMahon gave up three runs and we lost the game. And then this final game, we lost twenty-four to ten. We Virginia Tech went twenty-four runs on twenty hits. How do you get more runs than hits in a game? We'll tell you how. Six home runs and two grand slams. That's how. Those two, those two grand slams were courtesy of Raheem Cooper. Um, he had three, went three of six on the day, three home runs, two grand slams, and a solo home run. He had nine RBI uh, on Sunday. He almost outscored the the Wolfpack. Yeah, in that game we started freshman players, so it's not a hundred percent surprising that this game went out of hand. But we start off with freshman Cole Henderson, who only lasted two and a third innings and gave up seven runs. He then was followed up by Orion Anderson, who is also a freshman, gave up five runs in one inning, followed up by Luke Matson, who finished up that inning with two runs, uh, by giving up two runs. And then Cooper Powell, who was a sophomore, gave up five runs in one inning of play. And then... It was obviously really out of hand at that point. We throw in a junior, Austin Dick, who gives up five runs in four innings to finish out the game. It's just one of those weeks, or one of the, I guess we can go, let's just talk about this game. This is one of those games that it are, got out of got out of hand fast, and they just couldn't recover. You talk about momentum. When momentum starts, it doesn't stop. How do you? I wonder how. Um, Cole Henderson, I wonder how he's going to perform in his next game, knowing that in his last game he only lasted two and a third innings, giving up seven runs. That's got to affect his demeanor. It's got to affect his psyche. Um, It will be an interesting uh, decision to see what the pitching staff does if they let him time to recover or they start him the next next opportunity he can. Yeah, none of these pitchers for Nevada – that played that game are going to feel good that night. They all gave up huge points, and I mean, when you throw, when you give up six home runs and two grand slams, what are you going to do? What do you th- What do you go home that night thinking? Wow, I can't believe I just threw those pitches. I should have done better. I should have done better. I should have thrown that curveball. Um, but looking at the last two weeks, they're now two and six overall. Uh, losing last week against Sam Houston uh, pretty badly. Pretty much the same thing as we did this week. Uh, and next week starts the first week of conference play at Fresno State on Friday, March 3rd. Hopefully they're going to come back in conference play and perform a little bit better than they did against Virginia Tech. Yeah, and you look at the beginning of the season, they've played some tough teams. Sam Houston State was ranked when we faced them. Um, we handed Virginia Tech their first loss on Friday. So, and as we get into conference play, the teams get worse and worse. So I think that's an easy way 
for Nevada to pick up wins. Yeah, we'll be facing off against a little bit more um, players around our our same caliber. We're not going to be playing out of our league a little bit. Let's transition over from some losing teams to a big win by Sheree Zhang. Last week, we talked about swimming and diving coming in third at the Mountain West Championship. One pack member stood out amongst the rest. Diver Sheree Zhang is with me in the studio after breaking not one, but two Mountain West records and is the Wolfpack Star of the Week last week. Sheree, thanks for coming in. You're no stranger to the spotlight. Last year, you were named NCAA Diver of the Year by the College Swimming Coaches Association of America and swept the springboard national titles at last year's NCAA championships. What was it like, and how does it compare to breaking your first Mountain West record? That was amazing, both amazing, I think. Uh, first of all, the NCAA is like my first experience and then it's kind of like the individual achievement but uh, I think the record I break on the conference is kind of like the teamwork and then I kind of like that kind of conference. After that bro- breaking that record you broke it again that same day what was was it just as exciting or was it just icing on the cake? Uh, I don't think about that much actually I was just like uh, do my own dives and then I don't care about the score. Uh, if I break it, I think that just uh, luck. <laughs> so, it, when you you didn't have a feeling of self accomplishment for breaking a record? Uh, kinda, kinda. I think, but I think I can do better because I wanna, I wanna do better in this year in the NCAA, NCAA, and then so I don't wanna push myself too high for the conference record or something like that. I think I should. Uh, Keep I keep my eyes on the NCAA this year. But you must have thought to yourself after breaking two records, wow, two records in <laughs> two days? That didn't blow your mind? Yeah, I mean, kind of. I think because my teammate always there cheer for me, and then I was like so excited about it. And then that's how I performed so well because my teammate, my teammate, my teammate cheer for me. And then... Uh, I kind of like that because that exciting uh, feeling makes me break the record, I think. It was, it was a lot of like that team motivation that, yes. that helped you do that. Yes. Um, so you grew up in Chengdu, China, correct? Yes. How old were you when you started diving and when did it start to become serious? Uh, I started diving like 12, but it's not seriously. And then I, will, like, um, I was like seriously diving in 15. And then I was like, join the club and then do the diving things. And I also, in China, national team back the, in China. So it's kind of like very hard training there. And uh, compared compare to U.S., it's like very hard in China. And then uh, I think uh, in China, teach me a lot of things. But I can, I can learn a lot of from here because here is more like the very fair stage. But in China, it's not like that. So it's kind of a new experience. In China, you attended Chengdu Sports University, which is a university focused on athletics and sports science, right? Mm-hmm. You, par- you participated in the 2013 University Games. What was that like? Uh, it's fun, though. It's, everybody lives in a village, and then it's like it's fun game. So I kind of like that. Uh, how did you perform there? I couldn't really find a lot of information on that. Uh, I performed good, and then it's like um, I participated in the China team, and then I was like 
uh, I didn't think about that much because back to that time I was studying English. I want to I want to come to America, and then uh, yeah, that's how I feel. And was last year the the year that you got the opportunity to come to the United States? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a couple choices of schools. You but you chose Nevada over schools like Notre Dame, Illinois, and North Carolina. Why? Uh, I like the Reno. I like I like I like here because here the weather is so good. Um, it's all four seasons, so I don't have to you know wear the same clothes for the whole year. And then second, I like I like the feeling be here. It's like kind of sense of belonging here. I feel like home, so that's why I love here. Was it? Something about the coach and the teammates that you would have here that oh, brought yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's Jen Lee because I do a research on her a lot. When I first come here, before oh, before I come here, I do a research on her. And then she's a very good, amazing diver in China. And then she's kind of like, I think she will help me a lot, when, uh, you know, the diving things. And, and do, yeah, she do help me a lot. And then... That's good. So I think I'm in the right place. So Nevada was definitely the best choice for you. Yes, I think it's best for me. You shine above the rest of the Mountain West. I mean, you saw we saw your performance at the Mountain West Championships last week. What about your training enables you to stand out? Training is hard. The diving, I mean, it's very dangerous, as you can tell. Uh, the diving practice, you need to focus on every single details, and then. Uh, but it, during the competition, it's more like fun. You have to uh, focus on your mental statement. So it's kind of, it's different. Practice is more hard than you think. Is there something that, that you do in training that separates you from even your teammates and then uh, your other competitors in the Mountain West? Uh, I think it's the same because generally train us like the same. But uh, sometimes I would do extra like the fast flip and then something dry land, I would do more because that helped me a lot. So you've you've won titles and you've broken records. What's left for this season and then your senior season? Oh, of course I want to keep my NCAA champion. And then I was like, uh, I don't know, I will see one step at a time because the diving, it's like adventure because you can tell uh, you can win or not. It's all like gambling. It's just like a gambling. And then... You gambling, you, you practice hard, and then you during the competition, you focus on your mental statement, and then you just performance, just focus on every dive you have, and then, yeah, just like that. I don't know what will happen. I just keep going. What is your plan when diving, when your diving career at Nevada is over? Uh, I don't know. I, I actually, I really don't know. I, I want to keep diving here because it's so fun, and, uh, uh, maybe uh, if there has a chance, I want to dive in here, uh, keep diving here, but I don't know if that have a chance in here. Um, and then in the future, I want to be a doctor, though. Is that what you're studying? Yes, kinesiology. I want to be a doctor. Yeah. You want to do, So you want to do sports medicine. So if you can't get become a professional diver uh, and compete in like the Olympics and on the national stage, would you want to be on the training side of the diving world? Yes, I will be a, probably I will be a coach. Uh, I don't know yet, but uh, I think if, uh, if there's somewhere like I can connect to the diving with me for the whole life, I will do that. 
like judge things and then coach things, I would do that. So you expect to stick with diving in the industry for the rest of your life? Yes. Well, that's the rest of my questions. Thank you so much for coming in, Sheree. <laughs> Thank you. Really appreciate it, and good luck with the rest of your season. Thank you. And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for tuning in to Pack Center. Give us a follow on Twitter, at PackCenterNV, for live tweets and daily updates from what's going on in the pack, and on Instagram, at PackCenterNevada. Special thanks to the Reynolds School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, and the Joe Crowley Student Union for helping us to produce our show. And one more thing before we go, go Wolfpack! Oh, oh, oh. Ain't no good.